Dig a Bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. Good evening and welcome to our very first Dig a Bit podcast in the month of August of 2018 and this is actually the very last segment of our study for great escapes and I know that if you were like me you are glad that you did the study not because it's anything that I came up with or anything about our group even but just because we have been in the word and I know that many of you have commented in the last few weeks that you're so glad you stuck with it this year because every time we're in the word we're stronger and we are closer to claiming that eternal victory that is a part of our God's plan for our great escape we are so thankful for the study and I'm thankful for you and I'm very glad tonight that I have with me can you tell I'm out of breath I'm a little bit tired but I have been in where am I Jacksonville Florida Orange Park Florida for the last few days and it's only been about 10 days since our Maggie came into the world Maggie is the brand new daughter of Caleb, our son, and our daughter-in-law, Rebecca. And Rebecca joins me on the podcast tonight. Hey, everyone. So thankful that she is here and so very blessed that I've gotten to spend about the last five days getting to snuggle and hold and change and burp and all those fun things, our Magdalene Joy. She was born on August 3rd. And so that was, was that a Friday or Thursday? That was Friday. Friday. That was Friday of not this last week, but the week before, makes, making her about 10 days old. And today they took her to the pediatrician, and she's not only surpassed her birth weight, but she has gone on up to, she. I guess she was 615, mm-hmm. and then she went down to um, about 6 pounds. Now she's all the way back up to 7.5 pounds in just 10 days. So we think she's a champ in every way. She's beautiful. She looks just like her mama. And, you know, we're hoping that one day maybe she'll have some feature that at least resembles her father so that we could even, you know, claim her for our side of the family. But we're glad she got the beauty, and she really did. And you need to, if you haven't seen her, you need to look all over, um, I guess, our Facebooks. All of our Facebooks have her. And we are so, so in love with our Maggie and thank you all for I know many of you contacted me and said that you were praying and we did have an exciting childbirth week tell us a little bit about that Becca well I was committed to letting Maggie stay in the womb for as long as she could because the doctor was afraid she was small and I didn't want to be induced and so I decided you know let's just wait this out well 42 weeks rolls around and she was not budging and there were no real signs that she was coming at all and so we stuck it out and I'll just have a moment of self-pity but I had a terrible pregnancy it was just I mean everything went smoothly but I was so sick especially the last trimester and it was just a big big ordeal well we decided to induce and we went in on a Thursday morning at five in the morning I didn't sleep the night before hardly at all we went in 
and Maggie was so stubborn that we couldn't even induce on Thursday. They started the Pitocin and everything, and we never really made any real progress on that. And so they shut it off, and they gave me a break, so we slept a little bit Thursday night, and then we got up Friday and started again. And thankfully, Friday was a go, and... I was induced and I had Maggie by 150. So thankfully when everything came right down to it, it uh, went real quickly. But the very best part of course is that she is completely healthy and whole and everything that we could ever have dreamed of and even more. She's in her mama's lap right now. We're both sitting on this couch and she's stretching and I know that if you're a grandmother, you know what I'm talking about. If you're not yet, you will one day. But it is it is bliss here on earth and a blessing from God that I just, that is indescribable, inexpressible. And we are so thankful. And as a matter of fact, Becca and I have decided to, our, of course, uh, it seems like I'm really switching a gear here because our month uh, study this month is about eternal punishment, I should say everlasting punishment, hell, and how does that, how can you even jump into that from talking about a brand new innocent baby? Well, I think Becca and I have decided to talk from Genesis about the first sin and about God's uh, punishment there, a portion of which was pain in childbearing and how that pain, and of course a lot of things that come with, with pain in childbearing can be compared to, um, at least in a, in a small way, can be compared to the pain of eternal punishment. And we want to draw some similarities and some differences, compare and contrast that punishment for sin with the everlasting punishment for sin. And I think it's an interesting discussion. Becca, you want to get us started? I remarked on how difficult the pregnancy was. It's an interesting thing that from the beginning to the end of childbearing is it's difficult. You know, it's not just the labor and the delivery that brings pain, but every trimester brings something different that's difficult. Um, Labor and delivery brings difficulty. Breastfeeding brings difficulty and not just difficulty, but pain. And before you even get to the pregnancy, I I don't know if you would agree with this, but I, I really think that even the pain that we experience sometimes monthly before we're even before marriage even it in preparation for childbearing there's quite a bit of pain for many people and uh, suffering even involved in that process and I believe that 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 is also a part of that punishment for sin that occurred in Genesis 3. Maybe I am not on target about that but I have always believed that that could be a part of it. I think she's right and I'll just be honest that there were many times during the pregnancy and especially during labor where I just thought boy this is not fair you know this is difficult and this is painful Um, and I remember thinking when I had Maggie of course that it was the most wonderful blessing in the world you know it's the most wonderful thing but just thinking why was this so awful you know this is such a horrible thing and of course as christians we understand why it's so awful awful so let's turn to genesis chapter 3 and of course we all know the story of adam and eve 
and Eve is the one who leads the sin. She's the one who um, eats of the fruit first, but the Lord first curses the serpent. And of course, he gives us messianic expectation in verse 15. And he says, I'll put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise you on the head and you shall bruise him on the heel. But then in verse 16 of Genesis chapter 3, he says to the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your pain in childbirth. In pain, you will bring forth children, yet your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. So the curse of the fall, the curse of sin is multiplied pain in childbirth. And as we said, that starts far before pregnancy even begins, but there's just pain associated with childbirth, great pain, gripping pain. Um, And I'm very hesitant to ever compare anything on earth to hell because we cannot ever, ever imagine what hell is going to be like. And yet at the same time, God intends for us to compare the agony, the torment not of childbirth necessarily I'm talking about all agony all pain all sorrow he wants us to compare what we taste of that here on this earth to that everlasting torment how could we even imagine the agony of hell if we had never experienced pain so he this is a good analogy that we're making especially since it is the analogy that God started out with in punishing sin in Genesis 3. And that's exactly it. All pain, you know, can give us a glimpse into hell. But I think childbirth does in a unique way because (laughs) unlike what I felt in the moment, how I felt like I can't possibly deserve this kind of pain, it's deserved. It's, It's more than deserved. You know, this is a taste. This really is a taste of what punishment for sin is. Actually, the Bible says wages the wages that's good so what we earn so it's not just that I deserve it it's not just that it was given to me it's something that I've earned through my sin okay so we talk about how that it is earned how else would we relate uh, the pain of childbirth to let's talk about um, hell is earned hell is deserved childbirth is um, it's earned and deserved Let's talk about how, though, that um, the pain of childbirth is so very temporary, and we contrast that with the everlasting nature of hell. Now, I was in class last week with my ladies at West Huntsville, and we were preparing for the podcast, and we talked about the difference between eternal and everlasting. I want you to know if I say eternal tonight I really mean everlasting because I I told my ladies that Caleb doesn't like for me to say to equate eternal and everlasting why would that be Becca well because eternal means that it always existed so God is eternal because he existed yeah eternal is no beginning or end and so when we talk about hell it really is everlasting without uh, without end in the future but we wouldn't say that um, you know we wouldn't say when we're talking about our existence we wouldn't call that eternal because we all had a beginning God is eternal and we are not okay so the pain seemed like that it was pretty eternal (laughs) it seemed like it was really lasting a long time didn't it and when you look back though the hard labor was just about maybe five Five hours. hours and yet 
it was excruciating. And I know that, that you know, Becca, that that word excruciating means out of the cross. Really, literally means out of the cross. And I try not to throw that word around now that I really know that um, that, that was the origin of that word. Pain that comes out of the cross. But that childbirth pain seemed long. And yet, it is not... And we're going to talk about a drop in a little bit, but it's not a drop in the bucket. I mean, we can't even define infinity. We can't even uh, pretend to even imagine what that pain and, and the pain of hell, we have to say, is worse than any pain we could encounter here. So it's in degree and in length we cannot even imagine it but yet we can we can look at genesis 3 and see that god intended for us to from that pain of childbearing to have a taste of what we want to of the escape that we want to have from eternal punishment there i go eternal (laughs) so hell ends or hell never ends sorry and childbirth does childbirth ends childbirth is short but let's not exaggerate it because let's go back to the fact that childbirth is far less painful than hell is going to be so it's not just that it's temporary it's that it's less painful and i think about how you know, here on earth, I had every comfort that I could possibly have during childbirth. I had my husband taking care of me. I had doctors who were knowledgeable. I had nurses who were kind. I had water. I had food to eat. I had a shower to get in. I was able to move around. I had every possible comfort that could be afforded for me at that moment. Now, the pain itself, of course, was gripping, and yet I was just filled with God's blessings during that time. And that's the difference. One of the big differences between hell and childbirth is that when we're in hell, we're going to have no comfort from the Lord. We're going to have no kind kindness around us, no comfort, no relief, no water, which we'll be talking about in a little while. There'll be nothing to relieve the pain, nothing to comfort us, nothing to remind us of the love of God, because we'll be separated from it for eternity. And that's what outer darkness is. Hell is described as a place of outer darkness, and that's what outer darkness is, is as far away as you can get from the light. And and God is light. John 1. Um, so, we are going to talk about water, but when we think about childbearing even though that is a punishment for sin it doesn't hold a candle to the separation everlasting separation from God without any of his blessings or any of his light or any of his fellowship and that don't you think that when we when we say this we do need to say that that was a part of the pain of the cross that was a part of the pain of the cross was that he had to be in some sense at least separated from the father in our place so that we could be with the father forever and then there's one more thing that i want to bring up before we end and there's one big 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 difference that we haven't talked about yet And that's the fact that in childbirth, you get the most beautiful gift out of it. And so even though it is suffering, and in some ways we can say it's excruciating, you get something wonderful out of it. And I think about John chapter 16, 
and Jesus is speaking to his apostles and he talks about the separation that they're about to endure what the cross is going to do verse 20 he says truly truly I say to you that you will weep and lament but the world will rejoice you will grieve but your grief will be turned into joy and then verse 21 he says whenever a woman is in labor she has pain because her hour has come but when she gives birth to the child she no longer remembers the anguish because of the joy that a child has been born into the world and obviously here he doesn't mean that we don't remember the pain whatsoever that can't mean that we're seeing her talking about the pain what he means here is that the pain is so much less than the gift that we're given of the child being born into the world having having our own child having the baby um, the joy that comes with that and in hell there will be no joy there will never be a point in which hell will be worth it there'll never be a point in which everything is made clear and it all works out you see here on earth we have our romans eight twenty eight promise that everything works together for good for those that love the lord and if we go to hell we're never going to have the good worked out we're never going to have the reward the benefit and so is now becca is that the last one of your points that we had discussed before so. okay we as you can tell we're taking care of a baby here and we're just diving right in here to talk to you but I love closing I, I really love closing with that point because I'm sitting here looking at the end of the pain and it's something beautiful it's something it's a, a tiny little body that already houses a soul that will exist for all of eternity can you hear just a little bit mm -hmm. She was just giving us a lot. She's stubborn in birth. She's stubborn still. And there she goes when I take the mic away. She starts making her little gurgles and coos again. She is the reward at the end of that uh, universal punishment for the entrance of sin into the world. There will be no reward at the end of hell. There will be no end of hell. No reward, no end. And let's just close with uh, something Becca and I were talking about, um, the water. In Luke chapter 16, when we're talking about the rich man and Lazarus. What was it that the rich man asked for? Well, he really asked for two things. He asked for a drop of water to cool his tongue and he said because I am tormented in this flame I cannot imagine being in a situation where I thought that a drop of water would be beneficial to me I think that that's in Luke 16 in order that we might know the extreme torment that the rich man was in I, you know, Becca and I were talking before we uh, sat down here about, you know, she was a runner. She's going to get back to running, but she was a runner. And sometimes you really want to drink at the end of a, a five miles or whatever, but you don't want to drop. You can't imagine being in a situation where a drop would be a relief to you. So the, the extreme, how would you say that, Becca? Just the um, extent of the torture it's not just the length of it but it's the extent of the torture in hell that is illustrated by the fact that he just wanted one drop of water and then what else was it Becca remember that he asked for 
He wanted to save others from it. He wanted to save his loved ones from the same torture. Yeah, he wanted um, somebody to be to rise from the dead and and well he wanted somebody to go back and tell his brothers about this place so that they could avoid it and the answer was though someone be risen from the dead they still would not believe and you know i was reminded because last month we studied about the resurrection and we specifically talked about those people in jerusalem who did come out of the graves during the um six hours of the cross there was that period when people came up out of the graves and people who had been dead were seen walking around um, living again and did that influence did that impact all of the people who had been a part of the of the crucifixion of christ to accept him to believe no and you know one of the ladies at west huntsville was saying to me you know that's funny that the rich man would say, send somebody from the dead so that they can believe. And God really could have turned around and said, that's what I'm doing. And not only did he send those people in Jerusalem, but he, he raised his son victorious over the grave so that we could have that escape. And many people who saw him after the resurrection still refused to believe. That's the people for whom hell is prepared. People who are impenitent and who are um, who reject the evidence. And the sad part about it is we have this great responsibility because hell is not only for those people who reject the evidence. Well, people, every I guess everybody would have to reject the evidence of the creation around them that, that is the beginning of our knowledge of God. But some people have never heard the gospel. Some people will never reject the gospel. The words of Christ when he said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, because they'll never hear those words. And so in view of hell, what is our responsibility then? Evangelism. Evangelism has to be so paramount in our minds when we think about hell you know hell is not a popular topic in our world today it's not um it is not politically correct it's not uh, pulpit correct in many churches today to even mention hell as a tormenting fire that burns forever and ever where the worm dies not but it is so biblical and so it enjoins us as Christians to take the gospel. Uh, some comedian a few years ago said, How much would you have to hate someone if you really believe there was a fire that was going to burn them forever? How much would you have to hate them to not tell them? And he meant that to be funny because he didn't believe in hell. But it really strikes a chord with me. We must tell people if we love souls we must tell them and we must do everything that we can to get them to avoid that everlasting punishment thanks becca for comparing what um, is so fresh on our minds tonight to uh, for talking about that original sin the original punishment that was declared on women in this lifetime from which we will escape we will escape all pain in this world if we are faithful to God. So let's let's do all we can to help to 
surely raise up our little Maggie and our children and our grandchildren so that they can be around the throne forever and ever and do all we can to help all people around us to avoid eternal punishment. Thanks, Becca. Thank you. If you find yourself in Huntsville, Alabama, we'd love for you to worship with us at West Huntsville Church of Christ at Providence, 1519 Old Monrovia Road, Northwest. Sunday morning worship begins at 9 a.m., followed by Bible classes for all ages. We meet again at 5 p.m. for evening worship and at 7 on Wednesday night. Digabit is a production of Digging Deep in God's Word, a Bible study for women. For more information, visit thecolleyhouse.org.